she knows And deep down she knows She knows What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I am joined here today with John Groves on a wonderful, wonderful Monday here on Wildcat 91.9, and a lot of stuff to talk about, and depending how you think of stuff, stuff to talk about. but it's one game, one game. a lot of stuff a lot from of, that yeah. game. Yep, a exactly. lot, just a lot to think of after one game, and it's not even the biggest game on the schedule, but nah. we still got a lot to talk about. Exactly, because we've been waiting for this game for, geez, I don't know how long ago was January, like nine months ago. I have no idea, I've, See, I've lost count. It, we, yeah, the bowl game was in January, was it? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Was in, it was in January. See, this is why we don't do math, y'all. We can't even count on months. But anyway, it's been a long, it's, it's been a long butt time, okay? That's how I long know. we've been waiting for football, and that's how long we've talked about it all summer. And now it was finally here, and there's a lot of stuff to dissect. So thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Labor Day. I know y'all got the day off. I don't have the day off. I'll tell you, I never had no damn Labor Day off in my <laughs> life, okay? So it was never even a question that I was not going to be here, okay? But... I got to get things started off and start off fast because we've got a lot to talk about on this game. And, of course, if y'all don't know, if y'all was hiding under whatever rock y'all had, okay, <laughs> K-State football opened up this past weekend against South Dakota and beat them 34 to nothing. Yes, nothing. A nothing. college football game where the other team did not score. I can tell you that does not happen a lot, people. And when it does happen, it's something to be applauded. And so I'm going to go through pretty much everything that happened. Got three phases pretty much showed up, some more than others. Three phases of the game showed up more than others. Offense, defense, and special teams, okay? We know what special teams did. We know what defense did. We know what offense did or what some of you may think didn't do. And we're going to get into a little bit of that as well, starting off with the offense. And I'm going to give, I'm going to give some grades. I'm going to give some grades to all three phases of the game, starting with offense, that grade is going to be a B minus. I know yeah. some people may not agree on why that would be a B minus. Some people are probably like, it should be lower. I'm going to explain to y'all why I do not think it should be lower, okay? So we're just going to go over some stats just a little bit, just a tad bit. They had 392 total yards of offense, 95 passing yards. That's where the problem lies with a lot of people. Yep. 297 rushing yards that they had. They averaged 6.1 yards per play, okay, and no turnovers. You average 6.1 yards per play. A lot of people are gonna, a lot of people are gonna be okay with that. You feel me? And so, Adrian Martinez, all right, he was not in- incredibly impressive. Although, like nothing, you know. Wow, look it's, at that! Look at that play! Yeah. He was, you know, he just did what he needed to do. I guess was he was at a let's see, uh, he was 11 for 15 with 54 passing yards. Okay, not not impressive. 13 carries for 39 yards and a rushing touchdown. Okay, so he didn't he, – he was leaving there with some, and that was going to be a rushing touchdown. Yep. And, of course, you had Deuce Vaughn. We ain't even got to talk too much about it, okay? <laughs> 18 carries, 126 yards. He had a 39-yard touchdown run, averaged 7 yards per carry. Surprise, surprise, Deuce Vaughn doing what Deuce Vaughn does. And that's now, I do believe, seven straight games of 100-plus rushing yards. I believe so, yeah. And then Malik Knowles, first, first play of the game, okay – 75-yard oh touchdown. Gosh. That's uh, the fastest touchdown in K-State history, by wow. the way. Yeah. It, the, for the first one was in, I think, 1988, and that took 11 seconds. This now replaces that for the fastest K-State touchdown with ten, ever. With 10 seconds. With 10 seconds. My goodness. 
I mean, that, that is nothing to be played with. Nothing, nothing to be played with. And and you can kind of tell that Klein and and the rest of the offense, they they kind of they they were preparing for this play mm-hmm. for a, for a while now. Like the, the the script was almost almost perfect. And I mean, even on that touchdown by Malik Knowles, I mean, you got to give a you got to give a, a lot of credit to Deuce Vaughn on that on oh yeah, just His pancake comp- block just there with the, with the overall pancake block. Um, uh, I believe a perimeter block is what they call it, but mm-hmm. ultimately that was, I mean, that was just completely savage. He, you can definitely see that he's gained a lot of a lot more, uh, a lot more body upper body strength uh, over the uh, off season as well. So, I mean, that right there, I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I mean, that was actually that was the first thing I noticed because I was watching the game up for the observation deck, literally the highest point you can <laughs> you can watch a game. <laughs> I was like, you like you all in the nosebleeds. I was in the nosebleeds of the nosebleeds, <laughs> but I still I saw everything, and that was the number one thing that popped up to me. I was like, oh wow. This one going out for a block. I was like, "Oh my god!" He put him on his behind. <laughs> this little five-six, one hundred and seventy-six pound man up against this. I don't know the stats of that man. He just pancaked, but he was bigger than Deuce Vaughn. All I know is that one v one, Deuce Deuce won. That's all it took, and that was with that seventy-five yard touchdown play to open things up. And it was it was great. Then after that, it was yeah. like you know. It kind was, of so-so. It was it was meh. I, I understand, but I know there was a lot of differences. People were really excited to see this offense, you know, with the weapons that we got, and then adding Adrian Martinez along with it, and Colin Klein, you know, in the absolutely absolute show that he put on against LSU, and then this weekend. I know. I guess for people with you know certain mindsets, it was kind of a letdown. But I, I saw the changes between last year's offense and this year's offense. There was, a, there was no huddle, but they still were able to c- control the clock. It was a more up-tempo yep. offense. And the play calling was, you know, conservative, a little bit vanilla, but understandably so. Just saying, like, they, they still put up 34 points, you know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. because we wanted them to score 50-plus points doesn't mean they needed to. You know, this was a this was a... No disrespect to South Dakota, but they're not a team that we need to just put 60 on just because they are who they are. You know what I mean? This We had a, we have a, a completely different game, probably a more important game in Mizzou this coming weekend yeah. than South Dakota was. So why do all that flim-flam flashy stuff that we all was really excited to see and what they talked about over the offseason against somebody like South Dakota? I, I think ultimately just kind of get to the clear mud and and just do do the obvious and what you got to do exactly uh, oh, like over by like the first quarter and the second quarter and then we'll let the we'll let the second stringers and the backups play um, throughout the rest of the game. I I think this this game was more this was nothing to take away on the rushing game, but this was more of like okay, well what what can Adrian do on uh, at uh, uh, at the backfield um, behind the K State offensive line. Uh, and ultimately, it, it didn't look it didn't look as if nothing was being a little bit too creative out there. I think I think mostly overall too many jet sweeps, uh, either of the right and left. It just some of the some of the positions it didn't pan out. Um, I think at times he was also a little bit under too pressure. I mean, a little bit uh, under too much pressure at times. Um, but I think part of that as well is um, you weren't able to get uh, get a lot of connections between him and some of the other wide receivers, such as Cade Warner, Phillip Brooks at times, um, stuff like that. Um, will kind of work its way through. But I, I I agree I agree with you. It didn't necessarily need to be. Uh, it didn't need to be like the ultimate get-go for South Dakota because um, you because South Dakota 
I mean, you, you, like you mentioned, they, they have no business to to be competing. It it won't be like K State will ultimately be fine. It's not going to take too much hassle. Don't 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 just add on to to the amount of pressure for Adrian Martinez the six. Exactly, and here's Coach Kleiman talking about how he has no concern for the passing game. So if you guys out there are concerned, I know who y'all are because y'all tweeted it. Okay, if y'all have concerns, please listen to the coach that he has no concerns. It didn't quite find its footing, no. But uh, I think we can shore that up and clean that up. I, I don't. I'm not um, concerned about it at all because uh, I've seen us operate at a at a really high level, throwing the football all through fall camp, and it's something we'll just keep working on. But I, I'm not concerned about it. We but we need to throw the ball. You know, we need to continue to be more efficient. See how was how I was watching this offense go about because y'all have heard me before. The most ex- the thing that I was most excited to see was the wide receivers to see how it's changed because you know in past years this is not a wide like a wide receiver friendly offense. It never yeah. was. They like the running back and the tight end were going to get most looks before they even get to their progression to the wide receiver. That's just always what it seemed like. Your your safety blankets are always going to be Deuce Vaughn or whatever tight end is in the game right now. Never the receivers. So that's what I was looking for this uh this past weekend, and I kind of. There was there was times where I know Adrian Martinez might be us was being a little bit timid playing it like I guess fairly safe he wanted yeah. just a completely clean game and I understand it's the it's the first game of the season new place new vibes new fans you never kinda, know how they're gonna react to stuff like you knew Nebraska was gonna kinda, react to it's, stuff it's you know? kind of like refreshing on expectations a exactly little bit. exactly a clean a clean slate pretty much and that's how it was and he had so much time in the pocket in <laughs> this he, yeah he's, he's never had this much time and sometimes be like wow. I have enough time, and so I guess he going over through his progressions, and he may like see something, but he doesn't want to force it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So that's why he probably went to more checkdowns instead of like doing more like forty yard bombs down the field, like he tried with Philip Brooks in the first half. That was one time and one time only that they yep. tried that. The, the only time, and and he'll have his chance to like r- get get through a gap as well and run uh, run for around nine to ten yards for a first down, something like that. Um, but uh, the the way I anticipated it from not only from Martinez's six but from Colin Klein's six, it's not necessarily that everything had to be flashy flashy right out of a get go. Um, and for Colin Klein, while while everybody does understand, all right, we're in a new system now. Everything should be going quick, quick, quick. Um, seeing a lot of more, lot more variety. Um, you you got to point point this out. He was also. <laughs> Under Bill Snyder as well, he's going to get some of his kinks from Bill Snyder as well, Absolutely. Um, which will include time of possession. Like you mentioned, K-State dominated on the boards regardless of how fast fair huddles went um, and, and, and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not, it wasn't the flashiest, but it didn't necessarily need to be all around flashy. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not tripping because understandably, like you look around the Big 12, of course, outside of West Virginia, I mean, we did score, like, the least amount of points, but also West Virginia, they were up against 17th-ranked Pitt, okay? But as far as everybody else against these kind of, I don't want to say rink-a-dink, but I will say rink-a-dink teams, how they were putting up 50, 60 points, a high-volume amount, like, amount of touchdowns, amount of scores compared to us. But I still see what Colin Klein is doing because they even talked to some of the players. Deuce Vaughn even said, like, yeah, this is not all that we have. I know, like, uh, Coach Klein, he's kind of he's kind of keeping stuff in a little bit for for next week yep. for for conference play. You know, they're not going to just like go all willy nilly trying to score sixty three points 
on on some rink-a-dink team, that 34 would have been just fine. Like this is this, this isn't NCAA 14 yes. on but on what is it like high school mode or something like that. Like you aren't like you don't need to do anything too much right now because uh, you. you Part of that is you already have a strong defense that will shut them down, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the other hand, you you can ease off some of the some of the top players such as Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. I mean, we saw we already seen the likes of DJ Gittens getting a lot of playing time as well. I think I thought he played tremendously well. Yeah. Um, you also got Jake Rubley who played um, for the rest of the contest. Um, he we we actually might need to consider. Um, considered him as maybe the second quarterback along with Phil Howard. I think that I think that the way the way things have kind of settled, I know it's South Dakota, but it just looked like the offense was a little more in a fluid fluid pattern under Rubley as well. Yeah, I think Coach Kleiman's gonna redshirt Will Howard. Yeah, he's going to redshirt Yeah, he's Will gonna Howard. so I think so at this time Jake Rubley is definitely going to be number two because of course after AJ Martinez you gotta figure stuff out and they think they've already figured stuff out with Will Howard and the chance that he's going to get. And then Jake Rubley and his development, and then Avery Johnson. So they got they got a plan here. They, they have a plan with their quarterback system within the next upcoming years. But I do want to ask you this, John. Outside of the obvious players, who are you looking at in this game and who kind of impressed you a little bit? I'm, I might have to go with DJ Gittens. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, everybody was talking about, oh, my goodness, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, he's gonna just completely shred everything. He's a one-man job. I mean, everybody was saying that for the offseason, and everybody was curious to know. All right, who's gonna be the second? Who's gonna be the second backup? Backup for uh, behind Deuce Vaughn, and DJ Gittens put up an incredible, put up an incredible number. Uh, put up some pretty good numbers for his first game. Uh, 57 yards and a rushing touchdown. I believe that's what was it 11 or 13 yards something yeah something he, around he, the he averaged he averaged uh nine and a half yards per carry nine and a half yards per carry that's that's still really good um for 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 a player to like get get us get everything settled in um just stuff like that but that's i i, I don't know i just thought in terms of the offense tj gittens really um, got me sold early on. Yeah, we heard a lot about DJ Giddens in the offseason because that question was being raised, who was going to be the number two back behind Deuce Vaughn. And every that was a really important question to ask because as much as we love Deuce Vaughn, we do not need him to get, get like 30 carries a game. Yeah. That's that's not sustainable. Doesn't doesn't care how durable he is. That's just something that's not sustainable. And, and at times with, um, I mean, like last year with Joe Irvin, sometimes you got to take out Deuce in order to in order for opponents to not anticipate what to expect exactly and i think part of that for south dakota i think that was, i think south dakota was kind of an example as that as well um since they kind of knew how like, they were they i'm surely like, they were taking a lot of blueprint notes all around on deuce vaughn um but dj gittens kind of took them by surprise at times and um he I mean, like you said, nine yards per carry, that's that's some great work. Exactly. And I like how they're going to use him because DJ Giddens, he, he's not a – like, unlike Deuce Vaughn, he's not small. He's 6'1", 212 pounds. And he's a he's a boulder, too. I mean, he's he a can, boulder. He can get through many defenders. Broke, break some tackles. Break, that's right. When you actually are in a third and short position or a third and two, fourth and two – Granted, I know you have a lot of trust trust in Deuce Vaughn, but mm-hmm. let's look back at the Texas game when if there was anyone you were gonna just spontaneously 
throw in the Wildcat, <laughs> it would probably be DJ Giddens compared to Deuce Vaughn because we mm-hmm. saw how that worked out with Deuce Vaughn, unfortunately, in the Texas game. And that's what we've said before broke the was the straw that broke the camel's back with Coach Messingham. I mean that. I mean that Texas. I think that was twice they they did yeah. the Wildcat with Deuce Vaughn. Twice it didn't work, and it didn't work. I mean Texas kind of anticipated like a lot of schools in general were kind of catching on to Coach Messingham's concept, and I think. The main thing to take away from Colin Klein is okay. You're not. Sometimes you're gonna get um, some moments that are that are somewhat to be expected. Like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get some strong moments out of Vaughn Martinez, Knowles, stuff like that. And but you gotta embrace more, uh, more variety, more vibrance with with along with some of the newer players. And I thought DJ Gittens was a perfect example of that. Um, uh, uh, without a doubt. Absolutely. So that was the offensive segment. We're going to get to the defense next, and you're going to listen to the grade that I gave them. So please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this short break. Ladies and gentlemen, Colby Van Kemp, Director of Fundraising for Wildcat 91.9. New music now. I'm the director of Radio Fundraising. I'm so good they call me amazing. I'll take a bank check. I'll keep it warm. I'll take your savings. In any form, dollars or euros or Japanese yen We'll take it all, I promise you then We'll ask for you again Well, I'm convinced. Let me just get my wallet. What's that? Hey, that's my wallet. Your wallet? Hey. Oh, yes. I'll take your cash. I'll take your cheese. Pull it out now and give it here, please. Bitcoin is fine. We'll take a check. Pennies and dimes. I'm what the heck. I'll take your wallet, so hand it here, please. All of your cash and all of your cheese. Don't it down. Don't it down. Don't it down. Don't it down. Officer, that man stole my wallet. This is the part where I sing really fast. Take a deep breath. Must make it last. Case it is broke, as everyone knows. We have no money and that really blows. I'm on my knees, making you now. We need the cash to teach students how to be on the radio all day and night. We need your help, so join in our fight. Go to our website, help you ask how. Wildcat919.com. Click donate now. Donate now. Donate now. To Wildcat. Uh, hey, Colby, can I at least have my Vax card back? Shut up and sit down. Wildcat 91.9 celebrates the return of football at Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites. For more, go to tannersbarandgrill.com. Watch the game on Tanner's large screen TVs and enjoy a bite with family and friends on the patio. And thank you, Tanners, for your support of the next generation of K-State media stars on Wildcat 91.9. 
Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. Joined with me is John Groves here on Wildcat 91.9. And if y'all missed the first segment, we talked about this K-State offense or maybe lack thereof for some people out there who were just not as impressed and things of that nature. We talked about the goods. We had about 200, almost 300 yards of rushing. Boom. Yep. Great. 95 passing yards. Yeah. Eh, not so great. But once again, no turnovers and 6.1 yards per play. That's why I gave this offense a B minus because they're keeping some stuff close to the mm-hmm. chest. And I understand that. That everything is supposed to be meant to be shown to other to other schools when we're playing somebody like South Dakota. Okay, this ain't no Alabama. This isn't no no you know top ten ranked Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or Baylor. You feel me? You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta keep things a little little bit quiet when you're playing these type of teams and maybe let it rip a little bit against Mizzou. And who knows? Depending how the how the game goes this weekend, they might not even show everything against Mizzou either. So we're just gonna have to see. But John, you wanted to say something about Taylor Portier. And maybe a little update there. What is it? He is our starting right guard. Yeah. So I believe, yeah, right, right tackle or starting offensive lineman. Uh, so he left a game early with a lower body injury. He was unable to return. Um, it, it looks as if the uh, how long he'll be how long he'll be out is kind of unknown. We'll see kind of what happens there. But he won't be available uh, from what the depth charts is uh, against Missouri next week, uh, from what it appears, which is. Which is kind of a which is kind of a bummer too, considering that he he missed the entirety of last year as well. Yeah, hopefully, I hope I hope and pray that he's okay and that whatever the injury may be, that it is limited and that he can come back and come back very very soon because it sucks that he was he's he was a bright spot. He was really he was a bright a, spot. he was a bright spot in that offensive line that was already pretty impressive to me mm-hmm. already. So. We talked about the offense. I told y'all I gave them a B minus. Now, moving on to the K-State defense. My goodness gracious, absolute mob. Y'all feel me? Mob. The mob lynch. Yeah, exactly. Lynch mob, or is it? Yeah, it is lynch mob, but I prefer saying mob. (laughs) But they they allowed only 207 total yards from South Dakota, okay? 139 passing yards, 131 rushing yards. Only allowed 3.9 yards per play. They had one turnover, zero points allowed, 10 tackles for loss. They held South Dakota 0 for 4 on fourth downs and four total sacks. And for that, applause, and I give them an A minus. Yes. Um, oh. Yes, an A minus. Hey, you, hey, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll explain. I promise you, okay, I'll explain. All right, all right. But of course, anytime you hold any anyone scoreless, you're going to get an A regardless. Okay. That's uh, that's first and foremost. I mean, I mean, it, it is difficult to shout out anybody in college exactly. football. I mean, I mean, given it's South Dakota, I'm but but especially during garbage time, where you you could possibly kind of have your younger players kind of give out a little bit, kind of fade and and some and have the other team. Uh, scratch and claw their way to the end zone in like the final few minutes for a garbage time touchdown, and K State didn't allow that. Yeah, they Saturday. got they got close. They got close. They got close, but no cigar. Exactly. They what? It was a. Uh, they had. Well, you said this before. It was like eight minutes and twenty nine seconds into the third quarter that yeah. South Dakota State eclipsed a hundred yards. Yeah, that's, I believe that's over I halfway through so. the game. Mid- midway through the third quarter, I believe. Yeah, yeah and so. at that point, they were really getting in the second and third strings, and of course, in the fourth quarter, especially late in the fourth quarter, 
it was all third and fourth strings. Like, Coach Kleiman had a total of 66 different guys play this weekend. Not a lot of coaches can say that. And then the defense held up. Granted, they gave up a lot of yards the last couple of drives from South Dakota State, but or South Dakota, but no points still were allowed. So beyond, beyond impressive from this defense. And speaking of, let's hear from the one of the defensive bright spots, JUCO transfer Kobe Savage on what he thought of this defense. I feel like we did really, really good on our third downs and uh, limited explosive plays and little stuff like that. But uh, we still need to fix key details. And in order for us to be the best, we need to keep uh, playing like we're the best. See, so not even in their eyes, nothing was was ever fully, fully perfect. And I understand, mm-hmm. and I and I will still get to that and why it was an A minus and not necessarily an A plus. But still going through some of the stats. Obviously, you had Felix and Udika Uzama being King Felix like he does. He tallied the the Wildcats' first sack of the season. He had three tackles, three solo, one sack, two tackles for loss, a QB hit, and a forced fumble. Then Desmond Purnell, he's one of like kind of those. Um, Second second string guys getting some playing time due to injury uh, in the in the defensive back uh, position group. Yeah, he had three tackles, one solo, and a half tackle for loss. And we'll get to the other stuff that he did with special teams. Okay, applause, applause. Then sincere Mason, two tackles, two solo, an interception. He tallied the first interception of the season for the Cats. Then Kobe Savage, two tackles, two solo, one tackle for loss. Julius Brent, three tackles, three solo. So. You, the dudes who you thought was gonna show up, did exactly that, and them them boys was hitting. They mm-hmm. they was absolutely hitting, and that's that's why Kobe Savage, like to me, he he he's a person that impressed me the most outside of the obvious. You know, yeah. I like the way I like what he was doing. Everyone loves a, like just a hard hitting safety. That's that's pretty much that's like their second job. You know, <laughs> it's obviously to you know do what you need to do, like in like in the backfield, whatever. And then hit people. That's pretty much, and that's exactly what he did. So he he impressed me by far the most outside of the obvious of who did it. But that's but then I'm gonna get to the part where that's why I'm I'm giving them an A minus instead of an A plus because South Dakota did. And I know I'm getting nitpicky. Okay, <laughs> but that's what you do when you grade. South Dakota had four plays that were over 15 yards. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then you know, and then to be honest, it, we're very very fortunate that. South Dakota receivers are trash and, and had no hands, and one might even say they were. I was hoping I'd be able to get that in here today, <laughs> but they were not impressive. Okay, they was they was booty. They were booty. Yeah, they was booty. There was a there was a lot of drops. Okay, I I want because I was rewatching the game, uh, just kind of you know, periodically looking back at it while I was trying to do some homework and stuff like that. And I, there, there was maybe I want to say like between five to seven drops. That's what I was kind of estimating throughout throughout that entire game, and and there's about like three of them that were going to be for a huge, huge gain. Mm-hmm. And they got a little bit lucky that they that South Dakota is not team hands. I mean, like they were to the point where it was like they could have caught it like right with their gut and, yeah. and hugged the ball. But I mean, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a just a, just a weak performance on their part. Um, but you know, I you do got to give kudos to to Kobe Savage. I mean, he sure. was just completely everywhere. I mean, he he was in the area and did so much more uh, as one as one of the newcomers. He anchored uh, a safety unit that did their their part as especially during the uh, first three quarters, without a doubt. I mean, you'll have you'll have 
you'll point out the obvious with, with Felix Anidike Izama, Eli Higgins, um, Jalen Pickle, Nate Matlack. Uh, also, shout out to Khalid Duke. He looked a lot better as well. Yes, he did. Um, but you also, but I mean, Kobe Savage, I mean, he, he was really the one that stood out as well. Uh, maybe you could also throw Brandon Mott uh, to a lesser yeah, extent as well. Sure. I think, I think. I think all around it was it was all around a great defensive effort on their part, but you know you're 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 right. Giving up uh, giving up a few fifteen yard yard plays by South Dakota, uh, I'd I'd probably drop that down a little bit. Exactly. That's the only reason it's not an A plus. Like I but I said it's still an A. You shut out anybody in college football, you're going to get an A regardless. And that's and that's where I'm at. And then of course like you like you know how teachers do, they see what your work is and then they take what's what's kinda went wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's it. That's nitpicky. I know it's not a lot, but that's what happened. It's they all- had a lot of drops and the drops that they didn't hit didn't get. It they turned out to be some pretty good gains or they just was able to uh pop open a a good like 15 to 20 yard run you know at some yeah. points during the game it like sporadic it was very sporadic it was definitely not consistent there wasn't that mentality of like that bend don't break defense that may get a little bit later into the season with a little bit better teams and more offensive power teams but as of right now it was it was still pretty good but I'm just saying if these guys had much better hands and I know there was a one deep shot I think I want to see either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth that it was two wide open guys running down the seam and the quarterback just missed them. There was there was yeah, some there was I, some I, like I, miscommunications and it, there was like about like every few plays or so about every like three times in a quarter there was some miscommunication that went on that could have been a big play or that was a big play from the defense. Uh, I mean, if I if I was Carson Camp, a quarterback for South Dakota that game, I mean, I would have just been completely annoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, but, but just the connections overall were not there. They weren't. They they were not there. And he, and he was throwing some pretty good balls. Yeah, he was throwing and some the, great and, balls. And his receivers were just dropping them. That's just e- easy passes were being dropped from South Dakota, and that's what got them behind the chains a lot. That's what got them to try to go for it on fourth downs, but then the defense was absolutely like, <laughs> shut that door right in their face yeah, all four times. It, it's going to be a complete steel curtain when you're lining up against K-State uh, on, on, a, on a fourth down, especially – uh, when you're going to try and run it up the middle, you're you're going to have you're you're going to have the obvious ones come at you, uh, and, and they're going to and they're just going to completely bully you from there. And uh, kudos kudos to the K State defense. They really they really stood out, um, especially when South Dakota was kind of near K State. K State range on the mm-hmm. on their side of the field. Yeah, um, they were. I think at one point they went on at four fourth down, but it was just a complete brick wall. Like just an overall complete brick wall, and uh, it, it, overall that kind of but that probably that play probably probably summarizes the overall uh, performance on the on the front. I think the front seven part. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, and I know, like we're not gonna talk about like everything that they did wrong to get the A minus. Okay, like I'm telling you, an A for a reason. And I'm what I'm because what I'm really digging is the ten tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. Okay, the 0 for 4 on fourth down and the 10 tackles for loss. That's what that's that's what really really got me because in a lot of I do believe it has to be like what I do believe three of those fourth down attempts were tackles for loss. They just got penetration on pretty much every every other snap, if not every snap outside of maybe two or three. You know what I mean? And this is a three man front. The pressure that they're getting from a three man front when you have five offensive linemen. You don't always. You typically there's not a lot of lot of pressure on the on the quarterback. At least a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good offense. 
they're like, like usually the quarterback will have a lot of time in the pocket when there's only a three-man rush but mm-hmm. specifically with this three-man rush well, of who, of who we have on the defensive line with Felix Enedigo, he's on like Eli Huggins, Nate Matlack, and now Brandon Mott joining the party, and all these other dudes who was who was getting a shine on, you know, Jalen Pickle. Everybody, everybody was getting a chance to play. Okay, and every and everyone had that flash of absolutely getting in the backfield on a three-man rush. Not a lot of blitzes happen. And so that's just yeah. the talent that it shows. And now, granted, I know we talked about this. It's South Dakota. All right. We know this. We understand this. We know South Dakota, I think, was without their starting left tackle. And Felix Anadiki was almost eating the backup tackles lunch. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you will. But it's still just consistent dominance throughout the entire game from that three man front. And 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 like and like you said, with with Felix Anadiki Zama. Nate Matt, like Brandon Ma, kind of, kind of all, all kind of getting familiar once again to where they ro- fit on their role as a team. You can find other ways to to kind of um, create the majority of the of the rest of the defense. And I think Chris Kleiman did mention case they played about uh, what they they played definitely a lot more defensive guys than they typically do as well. Yeah, and that's understandably so because there's been other questions about you know the depth at linebacker and then the depth at cornerback mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know if those questions have necessarily been answered quite yet because the depth at linebacker was still was still an, a little bit of an issue with some injuries mm-hmm. and same thing goes for the de- the defensive backs okay S- same thing there so we don't fully know they still did a really good job don't get me wrong yeah. there was still that miscommunication but overall I think everyone did a good job and we'll have to see just like where I don't know how many more of the young guys are going to play this upcoming weekend, like I said, we don't know. It's a tougher competition with mm-hmm. Mizzou coming in town and how they're going to react to that. And like a lot of teams where they played some of the cupcake squads, you know, like Kansas played Tennessee Tech, Baylor, yeah. and Baylor played something called U Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're not going to really get a whole lot, uh, a whole, whole lot to, to know about what, what to expect from this team. Exactly. It's mainly going to be when, when they're going to be up against some of their upper tier power five or some of a higher group of five level teams that that you'll start to know more of yeah and this kind of goes for like the week for some of the other big games as well because sometimes you like you have a really good defensive performance um but at the same time you'll have a really unexpected bad offensive performance kind of like what ohio state did earlier this week um but you know it's week one uh and you just kind of exactly you just gotta gonna kind of got to dissect some things early on and then we'll really kind of get to what we're really overall get to the premise um as the weeks keep going and going and going yeah and i understand guys we're dissecting this with a magnifying glass but this is literally all we got okay (laughs) and when you got a, a lot of good things more than bad things then yeah you might get a little bit more nitpicky but we're still saying like yo this i like there's the the promise is there the de- we've, the, we've seen the promise. The defense has a lot of upside. I mean, exactly, they, they, a lot of upside. All the other Big 12 teams that played rink-a-dink teams outside of West Virginia, I know. We're the only ones I do believe that held uh, that held our team scoreless, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. We're the, yep. on, we're the only ones. Granted, we did not score as many points, but like I said, we didn't need to. Okay? You just needed to win. That's but because the defense showed up. That's because the defense showed up. Exactly. So they didn't have to show up, you know, get everything in their playbook and do like, you know – 40-yard touchdown flea flickers or whatever the hell they other people wanted them to do. Didn't need to do all that. Uh, the Big 12 teams, they did not get no shutouts. They did they did beat the brakes off some teams. Yes, we understand that. But a lot of a lot of teams still scored a, a hefty amount of points. 
aka Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. <laughs> okay, that's that was a very high scoring game, and we know how dominant Oklahoma State's defense was last year, and also in a three three five. Yeah, I like mean, like we are, but Central Michigan put up forty four points. I mean, that's what happens when when you when you lose a uh, one of the highest uh, defense one of the highest strengths when it comes to the defensive coordinating position and Jim Knowles. Correct. Uh, I mean, he he really got things going for Ohio State on Saturday. Um, but Oklahoma State, they, they they definitely took a step back uh, uh, with Derek Mason in the, in the Week One game. Um, so still so, still a lot of football to be played, but ultimately, for sure, um, just a, a few a few nitpicky parts. He's like, okay, that that's not that's not normal. That's not typically what we see from some of these Big Twelve schools. For a school like K State, you have a lot of you have a lot of key pieces at defense. I mean, this is the type of outing you would you would expect holding holding a team, uh, well, a team like South Dakota to a shutout. So, um, not 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 too many surprises all around. And I love seeing some of the newer guys get some action as well. Absolutely, like I said, Coach Kleiman played 66 different players on Saturday. Not a lot of teams can say that. So we talked about that first segment. A minus for the offense. We or no 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 B B minus for the offense yeah then A, a minus, minus yep. yeah B minus for the defense up a, a next. minus for the defense yeah A minus <laughs> for the defense what am I even saying I don't even know y'all feel me if y'all been listening but after this we're gonna talk about special teams and what grade that I gave our special teams at special teams U so we'll be right back after this quick break. Hello, this is former football Wildcat head coach, Bill Snyder. As a fan of K-State, like me, you're proud to be associated with hardworking young people who get the job done. Wildcat 91.9, here on campus, is the award-winning, longest-running college FM radio station in the country, perhaps even the world. Wildcat 91.9 has been entertaining the Flint Hills and teaching public performance, radio, programming, news and sports journalism, play-by-play skills, social media, and now multi-platform media for more than 70 years. But due to financial setbacks at Kansas State, Wildcat 919 needs us to join the cheering section with a donation of any size. I am sharing my support for Wildcat 919 and hopes that you will too. Help secure Wildcat 919's future so that all students and enjoy this incredible resource for another seven decades. To donate, go to wildcat919.com and click on the To Donate button. The KSU Foundation will take it from there. Donating to Wildcat 919 is even faster and easier than the Wildcat formation. We should know we invented it. So, if you love local news, sports, and new music as much as I do, let's make this the greatest kickoff in Kansas State history. Go Cats and go Wildcat 91.9. New music now. That work? Yeah, that'll work, Coach. K-State football returns September 3rd against the University of South Dakota Coyotes on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. 
Sports Talk on Wildcat 91.9 is brought to you by Tanner's Bar and Grill, where the food is homemade, the drinks are cold, and the game is on. Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I'm joined here tonight with John Groth. Hey, hey. And we talked about, I don't know if y'all missed it, if just in case y'all missed it, okay? We were giving grades out to K-State football with offense having a, what did I say, a B-minus, giving the offense a B-minus, okay? Had 392 total yards. Boom, great. 297 rushing yards. Boom, great. Mm. 95 passing yards. Uh. <laughs> not, not, not that sexy. It ain't that sexy. It ain't, no. But still 6.1 yards per play and no turnovers. And we're thinking that Coach, Cle- uh, Coach uh, not Kleiman, but yes, Kleiman and Colin Klein are keeping the plays a little bit close to their chest. They didn't need to put up no 70 damn points against bit, South little, Dakota, okay? A l- little bit low profile. A little bit low profile, exactly. And then went on to the defensive grade. I gave them an A- did some great stuff. They were 0 for 4 on fourth downs, South Dakota. Zero points were allowed, 10 tackles for loss, and four total tackles. Only reason it was a minus and not a plus, it was because South Dakota had four plays over 15 plus yards, and we're very, very thankful that South Dakota's receivers were absolute trash and was dropping passes. A lot of those passes would have gone for a lot bigger gain, and it probably would not have they probably would not have gone scoreless, if I'd have to say. Probably would have dropped your A A minus down a little bit. It would have. And I know, like I said, this is being nitpicky. I know I'm being nitpicky. Overall, they did a damn good job. You hold anybody to scoreless points, okay? You're getting an A, no matter what. All right? So that's what I gave them. It was just the minus part. Just me being a little bit nitpicky. So now moving on to the special teams. That's right. Okay? And I gave the special teams a B plus. Yeah. Yay. I gave the special teams a B plus. There was one blocked punch. Two of them were close. Two of them were very, very close. Really close. One of the blocked punts was returned by Desmond Purnell for a touchdown. Seth Porter was the man who blocked the first punt and almost blocked two more. He was, (laughs) this man, his his hair was on fire coming after them blocked punts. That's for damn sure. And then Ty Zittner averaged 40 yards per punt. Okay. Chris Tennant was four for five for extra points and missed a 42-yarder. That's why it's it's a B plus yeah. and it's not an A. That's 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 the only reason there. Overall stuff, special teams you still special teams you. Overall, it's not just it's not just our kick returners and our punt returners that got some talent, okay? We be blocking punts as well. And this is just show what what that was all about. How about this uh how about this for a statistic? Uh so with the uh with the pump block and the scoop and score by Desmond Purnell, uh it marked the Wildcats one hundred and twenty six. 126 non-offensive touchdowns since 1999, which leads the FBS over the span. Alabama ranks second with 118 non-offensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That means we good, y'all. We good. We good. We special teams you for a reason, and that's what John just said. It's it's like I'm just saying, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Okay? Mm-hmm. Numbers ain't lying here today, and it never will because we like that, and we over Alabama at something, and we gonna hold that. we going to hold that high. We're gonna hold that. We we're gonna, gonna hold, hold that banner high. We gonna hold that banner high. Exactly. Shout out carry, to the alma mater. Carry thy banner high. Uh huh. See, I, I'm ashamed. I don't know all the words to the alma mater. But that's because I only had to play it these past like 
five oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so in I the don't band. don't play me if I if in you know don't clown me if I don't know all the words that I'm telling you. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> yes, I'm still giving them a B plus just just because the you know missed extra point yeah. and a missed 42 yard field goal. That's it. I know there was one moment that uh, the coverage team, the kick return team, gave up about 30 yards to a kick returner for South Dakota. Yeah, that was. Ooh, was that before the halftime? Like, I think that was right before halftime. Yeah, that was right before halftime. That 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 also got went into it as well. He he got thirty yards on that return. There was a there were some missed tackles. There it was poor angles and missed tackles, and it ended up Ty Zittner getting the tackle. Okay, I know. You never want your you never want your kicker to have to tackle somebody because that means he was the last line of defense. And that's it. So that's that's why I'm giving special teams a B plus. But the and I was thinking about this before the show. That still shout out to Seth Porter, cause he had one block. Two of them were close. And to be quite honest with you, if Coach Kleiman had the option of just to keep going after them on every punt, that would be that'd be such just like disrespect to South Dakota if they went after every punt, cause knowing that they would probably block every every point or, or every punt or at least every other punt. So good for him to kind of back off a little bit, cause if he didn't, that'd be just unhinged behavior. It would be it would be nasty work from Coach Kleiman if he just kept sending just just kept sending Seth Porter out there to block punts because you know damn well he was going he he was he was probably gonna get way more than just the one when he even almost got to you still send the guys up there they were gonna be blocking punts all game so good on good on Coach Kleiman to not be disrespectful I don't know if it was me I would have been very disrespectful and I would be all for that nasty work of trying to block every single punt even though after we blocked one and almost blocked two more. That's just me. He put he put on That's just he, me. He put on the brakes. I would I would put on some more gas. He did. I guess also part of the, like you know like you know I want to see what the offense can do. You know what yeah. I mean? This is why we're like after they after the blocked punt they 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 backed off. He wasn't trying to get another one at least for, you know, a couple more possessions to see what the offense got. Pretty pretty much put South Dakota in a little bit more shell shock than expected. Yeah, that's exactly exactly. A lot more shell shock than expected. But I mean, hello, special teams is like I said, it's you more do, than you, it's more than kick returns and punt returns. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a wide range. It's a bubble. We we a lot of teams consider like special teams as their like their third fiddle compared to the offense and defense. Mm-hmm. We have it up there with the offense and defense. I mean, it's been it's been built by Coach Snyder uh, back back in the nineties. Yep. Uh, and it's and it's continued to just just continue to rapidly just surprise people with the amount of variety it has. It does, and. People, I know some opponents are still surprised because it still finds a way to happen at least once or twice a season. It just, it, it just always seems something always seems to happen. The, the pump block, the pump block versus West Virginia last season is one where I think Marvin Martin picked it up and scored. Correct, and then, uh, then of course Malik Knowles took one to the house at Oklahoma State. Right. Oh no, he took one against Oklahoma too. Oh, and Oklahoma too. See, at at the very oh, yeah. least, twice a season. Days something happens with special teams. You being special teams, you. That's why K State earned the name special teams. You and nobody else. Nobody there's DBU, else. There's quarterback. You. There's STU. Where's STU? I don't. We STU exactly. No one's touching us. You feel me? You just named off the stats. I tell you, men we're, lie, women lie. Numbers do not. We're too special. We are too damn special around <laughs> these parks. So we went through everything. Offense giving them B minus. Defense. Oh no, B plus. Gosh, I never remember what I gave the offense, damn it. 
It's, we just talk too much. Yeah, B minus offense, defense A minus, yeah. special teams B plus. So boom, boom, boom. Now they're preparing for Mizzou, and we talked about Mizzou a little bit. We talked about our defense. Mizzou was uh, was facing Louisiana Tech yep. and gave them a good shellacking. We did them fifty two to twenty four as they had five hundred and fifty eight total yards and three hundred and twenty three rushing yards. And I think if I'm reading this correctly, Louisiana Tech only had eight rushing yards. Oh eight. my gosh! Yes, I wow. don't know if they just that. I, like you see, I don't know if they just you know that damn. I don't know if they just that booty to have eight rushing yards. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. Y'all could probably give some context better than I definitely could. But yes, they had uh, LA, LA Tech had eight rushing yards. 5.1 yards per play, but they had 336 passing yards, 344 yards total. I think I think ultimately for Missouri, they struggled early to find a rhythm, and that's kind of the same way with, with some of the teams, considering it's their first game of the season. Right. But they were able to capitalize, especially um, with the momentum that the defense created as well. Um, and, then, and then for Missouri, K-State's going to have a, have, a, have a shot at Brady Cook. Uh, who eventually won the starting job late in, late in the fall camp. He threw for one, 196 yards with an interception and a touchdown run. Uh, and you also got a pretty good trio uh, trio in the backfield uh, who also reached the end zone as well for Missouri. Exactly. So I get it. I know it, it looks look, this looks great for Mizzou. It does. And compared to our stats, I know there's probably some people who kind of sweating a little bit. But I'm not. I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now. But we've had some success against that SEC teams. That wasn't wood. I'm gonna knock on some wood for you. There we go. Yeah, there it is. I'm just saying we've in of recent years we've had some success against SEC teams. Recent okay. Ye- and recently we've had some success. Oh shoot. Sorry, my throat's a little bit scratchy. I know. Y'all might want to go cry in that po' boy. We'll talk about that a little, in at least a little, little bit if we got to the time. But, but yes, okay, Mizzou, they, they racked up a lot of yards, they, but they gave up a lot of passing yards. Mm-hmm. We did not have a lot of passing yards. Okay, so I think that this will give us a chance a little bit to show, show what we got. Like I said, there was, uh, Coach Klein was keeping some plays a little bit to the chest. We weren't really going to be throwing a lot. And the times that Adrian Martinez did through of those 15 times, literally one of them was over like 10 yards, yeah. and that was incomplete. So we'll just have to see. Where they're gonna they're gonna be in the lab. They're gonna be running things down through practice. I think everything will be fine. They're gonna look through film. It's, it was game one. It was week one. Things are never supposed to be pretty. And considering, I think every, I think overall the overall grade I'm going to give. I think what is that average like an A minus? I think the overall average an A. K State football gets an A. Okay, people. So all right, we went through everything. Went through their offense, defense, special teams, and what they got going on for Mizzou this upcoming week, but we have like six minutes left. But we do briefly can talk about, I don't know if y'all watched that Florida State and LSU game last night. Amazing! Surprise, surprise, both of them are unranked, but they was given the red carpet on everything. They were playing at a neutral site, and I don't know how neutral it is, but they were playing in the Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. And that was, oh my goodness, John, please. Two two minutes and 15 seconds of chaos in the fourth quarter. I mean, it started with, uh, I think it was like 24-17. LSU forced a three and out. Florida State punts it away. And then LSU must have a punt punt return. Florida State recovers it over at the one-yard line. 
all they had to do is kind of seal the deal. Like they didn't have to take. I mean, they couldn't take a knee, but they could just like ran a few few more plays and wind the clock down, and then eventually they muffed the punt. Because I think they went with a triple option. Yeah, yeah, and he pitched it to the to the running back knee, and he and he fumbled it. Yep, he muffed it. I mean LSU just, I mean LSU just miraculously went ninety nine yards, and then some some crazy chaos. Of course, it's the Big Twelve reps officiating this game. You're gonna have Big Twelve reps uh, creating chaos like always. So they had one untimed down like with, with one second. Uh, and then Daniels, I believe, was who comes from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he froze the he froze a touchdown pass with no time on the clock. So I was like, okay, is LSU going to go for two or are they going to go for field goal? Personally, I would say go for two. You got to have the balls to to kind of start things off on the right track. If you're Brian Kelly, he kind of chickens out a little bit, takes a field goal. So okay, anticipating overtime. But LSU's coverage on that field goal was so bad. Yeah, they didn't. They did not catch the um, the guy coming from the left side. They had practically had, they had like three guys. Typically, one was slightly covered and pushed him out of the way, and th- there was two guys coming in the, to the same gap practically yep. and got a hand on it. It's like it's a it's a one on two situation. Exactly. And and, he, and the and the guy who was in in the uh, left tackle for LSU, I believe, left offensive tackle, something like that. Uh, he he tried to go he tried to go for a for a for a guy when he when he should have gone for the other, but it all didn't pan out. Blocked field goal. Florida State's now I think two and They played in week zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're two and now. Played a, played a cupcake team, but ultimately, I mean that that was a that was a recap. Like a, that that pretty much summarizes week one of college football. I mean, like there were some crazy finishes. There was some incredible finish. So many so many heartbreak games in week U- one U- and U- like week zero. Utah, they were they were like right up the goal line. They could have they could have scored with like less than thirty minutes to go, but. Cam Rising, he throws an interception in Florida, pulls off the upset. Yeah, st- stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you saw, but the Appalachian State North I Carolina saw that game, too. I, they had yeah, two I know. chances, two chances to go for two, and one, one was overthrown. Okay, so you go for the onside kick. The thing that North Carolina messed up on is that they got that they recovered, but then they also took it to the house mm-hmm. with still plenty of time left. So Appalachian State. They ran it. They they ran it down the field, uh, and then they scored. So okay, all right. Well, surely they'll get this one. Uh, no, it didn't happen. I I was really rooting for Appalachian State. Me too. I mean, I wanted little brother to prove uh, big brother wrong again. I know. And like, what was the see the final score? It was like the- 63-61. See, no defense. No, no defense. defense. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. It was oh goodness! I was just like, well, "How are you gonna let somebody score? How are y'all both gonna let somebody score 63, 61 points in the first game?" I don't, I don't know what y'all are talking about then, but yes, no, no defense in that game. But there, what was there was another one that was kind of like, oh, it was um, it was NC State in East Carolina. Yeah, East Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Had a chance to win on a game-winning field goal, but no, yes. they had a chance to tie it. Um, because they scored a touchdown and the field goal kicker he missed it, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course in the most East Carolina fashion way they lose on a field goal. Um, oh my gosh! It was like what was it like a forty-two yarder, wasn't it? it Forty was, forty-two yarder. It was it was a manageable field goal, but I feel like forty-two yards is asking a lot in college nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> Go, going back to the Appalachian State game though, like what when you see Appalachian State going up against a Power Five team, 
you're just expecting the unexpected at this point. Pretty much. That's because that's Appalachian has proven that they they kind of they, they gotta like that. They sometimes. can fare with the, they can fare with the big dogs. Absolutely. Well. I say this all the time, and I will say it again. Time flies when you're having fun. Thank you guys so much for listening in. We'll be back next Monday. John, please hit everybody with your socials. Uh, so it's at JohnGrovo2 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow K-State Game Day on Instagram as well. And I'll kind of wrap this up with uh, with one of the podcasts that I run, but my catchphrase is typically Cats by 90. Cats by 90, baby. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jay's with it too. That is J A Y S W I T I T. Then the number two. Please tune back in to Run It Back next Monday as we will cover the next game that's going to happen with K State against Mizzou. That is an 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN 2, if I am not mistaken. So please tune in and we will see y'all then. This has been Run It Back on Wildcat 919.